Hello, this is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about connections, international business, supply chains and globalization and the effects these have had on our life, our work and our travel over recent times. Today in the show, we will be talking to Mark Evans, owner and principal at Mark Evans Executive Coaching. In his work, Mark coaches and mentors people in leadership roles in the tech, FMCG, legal, advertising, IT, construction, nonprofit, and financial services sectors. Previously, Mark served as an executive director in the financial services sector at one of Ireland's largest insurance intermediaries for some 24 years, uh, giving him a strong comprehension of corporate structures and cultures and business priorities. Mark is a fully accredited pro coach with the World Association of Coaching with Neuroscience and a member of the ICF, which is the International Coach Federation. So welcome, Mark, and thank you very much for being here with us today. Thanks very much, Patrick. It's a, it's a great uh, lengthy introduction there. Um, flattered by it, to be honest. Uh, very good. You're very, you're very welcome. So to kick off, Mark, um, could you tell me a little bit about your, your career to date and how you came to be working as an independent coach and mentor? Yeah, um, so I spent about 25 years with a, as you said, uh, a, a very large insurance intermediary in in, um, in Dublin for, uh, as I say, 25 years. I uh, spent about 12 or 13 years in the senior leadership team there. Um, they're a, a very big, as I say, brokerage that deal a lot with the public sector. Um, so I managed two different areas in there. And in, I suppose, the last couple of years, in, in 2000, um, all, the, all the while I was in there, I always had a sort of a, uh, a strong um, passion for people development as such and sort of coaching. I kind of unofficially coached um, a lot of my management team uh, in, a, in an unofficial capacity. And I kind of fostered that type of culture. So I was always very interested in executive coaching and leadership, um, as it were. So in in, in the final sort of stages, in 20, I, I never really took on a course because it's always a always that thing I've never had the time, et cetera. But I'd looked at a few executive coaching courses. And so I left, I left uh, Corn Market was the, the name of the brokerage. And I left Corn Market in the end, the end of 2020 in the, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, actually, and took uh, a decision to take on a course um, in executive coaching and move into that area. The course I chose was, was quite specific, actually, Patrick. It was... Um, I looked at a number of courses, but the one that I chose had a very strong uh, emphasis on neuroscience in it, which fascinates me. It's very much about the whole um, uh, guessing at how people sort of the makeup of people, their their nervous systems, how they operate, etc. So that course was fascinating. It was with a group called Positive Success Group out in the Marino Institute, and um, really excellent course. Uh, did that for about six months, and. I suppose really from all the way through the course, I wasn't sure if I was going to actually set up an actual business. It was only when I started doing the, the pro bono work um, with a number of clients, which ended up doing about four or five clients pro bono, which was part of my submission on the course. I absolutely loved it. Like I really loved the whole transformation piece of seeing people, you know, facilitating people's transformation. And it was at that point really that I decided to set up uh, my own coaching business and that was in May of 2021 so it's kind of kicked on since there for the last really year and a half um, so far uh, and is, there, so and is there, there, there's a particular model or approach that you use it's grounded in neuroscience is it 
Yeah, I suppose it's a good question. So, so as I said, the course was underpinned by neuroscience, and really, that's that's you know, it's not a science lesson that you give clients, but it's very much um, the 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 sort of structure and function of the nervous system. So, the coaching is underpinned by neuroscience, and that's really you know, um, I suppose the differentiator uh, in in terms of how people actually operate, how their systems operate, how their brain is made up. Um, what are the things that sort of trigger them? And then, and then all around the neurochemicals. So there's, there's you know, five or six different neurochemicals, uh, serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, um, adrenaline, cortisol. And they're all very, very instrumental in terms of how the system works. So with, with regard to the coaching, what I do in the coaching is really, you know, outline to clients what this actually means. So when they're talking about you know, a situation in their work um, where, for example, if they, they have a big presentation coming up to senior leadership or something, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in their system in relation to that. Well, so a lot of all in adrenaline. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of identifying what they are and then more importantly, you know, outlining what's going on in their system. And then uh, most importantly, actually, how how to how to counteract that, how to counteract that sort of anxiousness and that nervousness that afflicts this be, people. This be along the lines of, um, you, you know, this uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman at Stanford University and the Huberman Lab. Is that is that kind of stuff we're talking about here? I don't know. I'm not sure what, uh, is that the NLP sort of area and, and that well, sort of well, he's, area? He's, or... he's, a, he's, a, he's a neuroscientist and yeah. uh, he talks about using um, tools based in science for, you know, uh, performance and sleep and all of that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, yeah, it's very, very related to that because like when you when you touch on, when you touch on the brain parts that we, we'd really sort of um, refer to, so the amygdala, you know, it's one of the oldest parts of the brain and that, that is very much the radar sort of piece of the brain. It's like an almond-shaped piece, and that's the radar sort of for threats. In yeah, the this is our this is our lizard brain, basically. Isn't exactly, it? yeah, exactly. And uh, it's probably you know when we were hunter gatherers thousands of years ago, was you know the prefrontal cortex wasn't really formed at that stage. So the prefrontal cortex is your really your executive center and your rational brain. And then you have a hippocampus, which is really into the, the, the limbic system with the memory where the memories are resurrected. Mm -hmm. So all of those parts of the brain are really, you know, very important for the client to understand um, that these are, um, when the amygdala is sort of hijacked, as they call it, uh, the rational brain, you know, gets almost shut down and, you know, cortisol is filling the system. So all your clarity isn't nearly as razor sharp as it would normally be and uh, your your creativity and your sort of ability to operate is certainly misty you know and overtaken by that so once they once you kind of get into that it's 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 very illuminating for the client because they can start to understand okay that's what's going on so what i need to do now is you know various different exercises breathing exercises but again a lot of it a lot of it is down to how they're self-talking really so yeah. you know the sort of things they're saying to themselves and all of this comes out in the coaching you know um as you go through a process with a client well when people come to you for for coaching what why are they seeking out coaching what is it they're looking to achieve or what has kind of provoked them to to look for help 
Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, and it's interesting because executive coaching, you know, it was always sort of something that there might be a perception out there that it's for, you know, all senior executives are the only ones that get that. Um, I, I have a lot of clients um, and like 70, 80% of them are all, they're, 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 you know, in their sort of 30s and 40s. So, you know, it's there is some senior executives in there also. But uh, to answer your question, they, they really come for various different reasons, Patrick. Again, um, progress in their career, you know, uh, they're switching roles. Um, they might be in transition in their career. They might be simply just feeling a bit underconfident at the moment and need to just have a look at things. Uh, they want to learn how to report up better. They want to think strategically, more strategically in their role. Um, they might be feeling a bit stuck. Um, you know, some clients coming to me now for some interview coaching for very senior roles. Um, so um, a lot of uh, also the old reliable of imposter syndrome as well, you know, the, the, the feeling of that. So various different reasons. What, what generally happens is, um, I, I find anyway in the coaching is a lot of it just comes back to very simple sort of stuff. And that's why the neuroscience is really, it really piques their interest because when, when I do a sort of a complimentary discovery call with them and you find out, you know, what are the sort of things that are, that are, that you've come for and what are you sort of trying to walk away with? Invariably, it really just comes back to themselves and what's going on, as I would always say, on their inner, you know, a lot of the, the, the stressors are outside them, but it's how they're actually handling that themselves is the key. So in the, in the coaching model, it's very much around self-discovery first. So finding out, finding out exactly what you are defining defining your values, you know, addressing those sort of self-limiting beliefs that are there uh, and then developing like the growth mindset, getting rid of those limiting beliefs to empowering beliefs, moving away from that kind of threat language as it were, measuring their emotional intelligence and, and really looking at areas of where they can work on. Um, and then identifying and aligning with their, most importantly, with their core values. Um, which really underpins a lot. That's a that's a big area now in the self discovery. Um, so so like in in answer to your question, they come for a lot of different reasons. But I always find, Patrick, to be honest, it always comes back to that self discovery piece. And once you get through that with a client, they they kind of have a really good platform then to launch into the leadership stuff. Um, I would always say particularly in workshops that I'm doing a lot of workshops now in the, in the last couple of months, we work, we work on the mindset first, because once you've got that right, then the leadership stuff becomes a lot, not, I wouldn't say easier is the wrong word, but it certainly becomes much more manageable. Like, you know, a thing like, you know, they say we need to, we need to help our managers negotiate better. Um, or we need to build trust in the teams. Like a lot of that just starts with the self. And once the self gets that platform right, then they're much better off. They're much better at dealing with people. They're much better at negotiating because they're going into it with a very solid mindset, a very good growth mindset. They've deleted those, those kind of things they've been, you know, talking about to themselves, those self-limiting beliefs, uh, that threat language, you know, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that, or I, you know, I don't like, I don't like presenting or, you know, yeah. so. So what kind of, um, are you finding looking at all of these various people from different uh, different levels 
different types of companies. What are the kind of are there common major leadership issues that you're you're encountering currently out there in the work environment? Yeah, another really good question because it's um, like leadership. I find has it's had to adjust itself. Um, you know, I, I was in leadership a long time. Um, and again, as I say, up to the, the start of 2020, the leadership type issues would have had nothing with a pandemic beside it at all. So the game has the game has really changed, I feel, in the last two or three years. Um, there's all these, I suppose, there's terminology around a lot of the stuff like a race for talent, you know, the great resignation, um, the whole remote working debate, um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, quiet quitting, passion economy, like there's various different terms. But when you merge them all, there's a lot more on a leadership, uh, on a leader's desk now to be dealing with, particularly around the remote working. So a lot of them would be, I suppose, searching for searching for ways to manage their teams better remotely. Uh, and it's it's that's a tough one you know it's it's very tough like all organizations are so like every single organization i work with has the same the same challenges of do we bring them back three days do we bring them back two days do they you know do we just do fully remote etc all all grappling with it and by extension all the leadership in those organizations are grappling with it um so so in the coaching space it comes into it you know i've got five of my team i've never met them you know this sort of stuff and um so it's really like really what i'm finding with that is zoning in zoning in on the behaviors like uh which which really which really will define the culture in their team so it's it's really digging into what what type of culture do you want like what what is the culture that you want and then going back from that to the sort of behaviors that um you know, certainly foster that type of culture, because ultimately, in my opinion, you know, you decide on how you behave, you behave in that way. And therein is the culture, you know, that's, that's how the culture is, is, is sort of uh, comes about. 93.9 Dublin South FM. And how has the pandemic affected you and the way you interact with clients? I would have imagined that beforehand, it was probably a lot person to person, but in the pandemic, it's probably been different. How has it been different? Well, I suppose for coaching, uh, like it's kind of a it's kind of a funny one because, you know, three years ago you're dead right. Like I, like I, I couldn't have even imagined uh, coaching somebody over Zoom. Um, I couldn't have even imagined having a, a very like I had no meetings over Zoom three or four years ago when I was operating in in the intermediary I was with. Um, so for me, like it's it's been a boom. Like the 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 whole remote thing has meant my business i coach i coach people in boston i coach people in leeds i coach people in london you know coach people in um down the country in galway etc and and i also do face so rather than rather than cutting you off the pandemic has almost connected you to more people or in, people in more places it absolutely has yeah it absolutely has it's been kind of unexpected that isn't it yeah yeah absolutely it's it's definitely it's definitely um been you know a real advantage uh in terms of opening a business of this nature because you can you can literally you can do it with anybody in the world assuming you're okay with some of the time zones um and i i'm very comfortable coaching over zoom to be honest i, I don't I don't have any issue with it um the face to face is great too there are small nuances between face to face and you know 
over Zoom, you know, but, but quite minor. I mean, it's, I don't find a huge difference really. Yeah, it's not quite three day, but it might be as two and a half day kind of thing. You exactly. Might, yeah, you might you might you might see elements of body language yeah. um, that you won't see uh, on Zoom. Small small elements of it, uh, like facial expressions, but generally they'll come through on 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 Zoom as well. As you say, two and a half versus three. And how's the field of of coaching itself developing? Is it in expansion, and, and what are the main factors driving its development currently? Yeah, if it, I, I tell you what, if, it, if the courses are anything to go by, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people looking at it. Uh, I mean, the course that I did, there was about 35 people on the course. And I mean, I don't know how many of them have opened up their own business, but it, it a lot of a lot of like people in organizations go and do coaching and don't necessarily, you know, go into business in it, but want to um, develop themselves. So the field of coach, like there's loads of coaches out there. It's one thing I realized, you know, when I became a coach. The amount of coaches, I mean, on LinkedIn, there's thousands and thousands, like even in Ireland, uh, and various different areas, niche areas that they go into. Um, but it is it is very much expanding. Um, and I think it's something in organizations that there's a lot more organizations looking at it now than when I would have I would have been coached actually in 2014, 2015. Um, and it was very, it was quite rare back then. I mean, it wasn't something you'd really I certainly didn't hear much about it. I was I was always into it, so I you know um, took an opportunity to get coached back you know six seven years ago, and it was I found it brilliant. Uh, so I'm obviously an advocate for it, but it's definitely expanding, Patrick. Like it's it's something that organisations like a lot of organisations will have panels. You know they'll have three or four external coaches, um, and people can choose a coach. But again, it's 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 a funny sort of an industry. Like I, I've worked in sales and business development all my life, and it's not something you sell. It's it's something that someone goes to get. You know, um, like I I wouldn't be saying to you, Patrick, you need to be coached. You know, it's it's something a Patrick would say. You know what? I've got I've got this sort of thing I'm trying to sort. I need a, I need an independent perspective on this, and I don't need someone from my organization to talk to me about it. I need someone that's got no skin in the game that can give me a different perspective and that's you coming for it and you'll you'll always know the clients that really really want it hmm. because they embrace it immediately uh because they've come forward as opposed to an organization saying to someone you should go and get coached uh, and they mightn't they might want it they mightn't be ready for it you know and what kind of people companies or organizations are are coming to you looking for coaching a lot in the yeah various different ones like a lot in the tech industry seems to be move ahead quite quickly they've been doing it for a good few years um again the the advertising space creative industry quite quite prominent in it um but tech tech is the one that i've seen the most and then like a lot of the consultancy firms are very big on it uh the essentials kpmgs uh pwcs etc um they would have quite a culture of it in their organization, uh, as I say, of external external panels. Um, and the key as a, as a business owner for myself is, is really getting appointed, you know, onto those. And that's that's where your sort of um, your bedrock of your business is, you know, being on those panels of, of different organizations um, where does where is it, there's an actual culture. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of a lot of my marketing would be through the LinkedIn 
and people come, you know, privately because they don't, they don't, they might want someone in their organization to know that they're getting coached. So they'll come privately. This was a question I had for you as well. So yeah. when somebody's looking for a coach, what, what should be their considerations when looking for support? So how should they go about it? Uh, how should they set goals and objectives? And do they generally need the approval of their boss or what's the situation in, in that regard? Yeah, what I find is, you know, if they're coming privately, um, some people will, some people will, um, have agreed that they've got a, a fund to use. Um, other organizations, as I said, have a panel of coaches, so you do, they don't really go outside that panel. They'll use those coaches. Um, but then when people are coming privately, they, they should certainly look at the qualifications of the coach. Um, they should look at the sort of experience level, depending on what they're looking for. So, you know, um, in the case of myself, obviously, you know, their sort of leadership experience, if they're a leadership coach, what level they've they've sort of worked at in 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 the corporate space as well, um, because a lot of the time with clients I'd be coaching, you level up your your corporate experience into the into the sessions as the sessions progress. You know, um, because you'll recognise it's the one fascinating thing about coaching is um, it doesn't really matter if you about the organisation or the industry. Um, people are people, you know, and it really. The same, the same issues are there that I've mentioned earlier. The same issues are there in leadership. The same issues are there with managing teams. The same issues are there with the economy, um, etc. And and people's. That's why I always go back to the bedrock of this is the mindset. Like if if that's right, then everything else is manageable. You know, you you can you can really um, have a good sort of springboard into into the leadership stuff. After after getting that side right and understanding what you are, what type of leader you actually are, uh, or what you want to, what type of leader you want to be. And uh, I mentioned that you know I'd ask you a question about not necessarily asking you as 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 uh, an expert in the in the area, but I'm just interested in getting people's view on what's going on in the world. And you're kind of pl- plugged into clients in different um, sectors, different. Uh, stages in their career but they're all operating in this world that seems to be gone a little bit mad of of late so what do you kind of make of what's going on in the world over recent years with all of these shocks and surprises that were were uh, enduring such as you know the war and pandemic strange election results coup attempts in in, in uh, places like germany and and, and the us uh, what, what what's your take on it what's what's going on what's happening it's yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting question, you know, and I've had to really, really, as you, as you as you asked me, I have to think about it myself. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, um, again, and this is a generational thing, I suppose. The global pandemic, or the global pandemic plus the global financial crisis, really gave us a. I know the wars are a completely different topic altogether, but those two, like major major events. Um, in obviously 2008 and 9 and 10 that Ireland went through um, and then obviously from 20 to 2022 um, I feel at the, at the moment people are sort of uh, like I just saw recently you know the, the, the spend for Christmas is is up on last year you know so I think people are kind of almost seasoned they're, they're, they've, they've gone through really rocky times 08 to 12, 13 we came out of that with the IMF in here. You know, we came through it. We went through the pandemic, very, very obviously hugely difficult time and very adverse time for and 
tragic time for a lot of families. Um, but I feel at, at this point, there's massive inflation, etc. But there's a feeling, I, I just get a sense myself that people are sort of a little bit calmer about it. Now, I might be completely off track on that, but that's a sense I get from clients. There's a relative calm about it, about next year, about 2023, 2024. Um, the sentiment in the markets would probably tell you a different story, hmm. but it's it's definitely not as panicky because I I worked through the, the the in in the financial services I worked through that from 08 to thirteen and it was horrendous uh, working in that time in the financial services and all other sectors. Um, we got through it and you 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 kind of get battle hardened from hmm. those hmm. sort of events and then as I say the pandemic like horrendous but you, we we came through it. Um, I just feel there's a sort of a, I feel anyway, there's a sort of a, a battle-hardened field to people that I'm dealing with, certainly. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's interesting. So they feel we've been through a lot before, so we think we can we can probably handle whatever's coming. Yeah, and I might I might talk to you in two months' time, Patrick, and, and say, well, Mark, that was that was a completely <laughs> ridiculous call, but um, I I don't I don't send I don't feel that same panic that. Uh, I definitely felt, and, and I was dealing with a lot of clients then with their, their funds like really, really down, et cetera. Um, and really, really a lot of worry, financial worry out there. Yeah, I, yeah. I just don't get that. I don't get that. There is a lot of financial worry out there, but there's not that same panic. I don't feel that I, I would have seen before. Again, could be way off. That's just my own take on it. Then um, your own, you're in your own, um, uh, hobbies and stuff outside of work when you're not thinking about work or involved in work what kind of things do you like to do in the way of hobbies and other interests yeah thanks for asking i i um i'm a big rugby man i, I love love uh watching rugby um played it years ago wait um yeah i i support grayson's rugby club as uh, club i played for for years and um Again, my kids are involved in basketball, so uh, a sport I knew nothing about, but uh, really enjoy watching them play basketball and um, generally try and keep fit myself, just swimming and um, running and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, love love all the um, love all the sort of the podcasts as well on the the uh, off the ball podcasts and some of the rugby podcasts as well as as well as the economic stuff. It's it's very interesting. So you're reading, are you reading or listening to anything at the moment that's particularly of interest that you'd recommend to listeners? Yeah, I, I, it's it's one thing that I started to do um, in the last few years is try and try and read at least one book every month or two. And um, I've read I've read a few recently that are um, really good. Uh, Simon Sinek, Start with Why. I, I love that book. Uh, it was a great one. And the just in a lot of stuff on leadership, I, I read the there's a book called Legacy um, by James Kerr. It's about the, the New Zealand All Blacks and how they can teach you a lot about business. Um, and then there's another great book for, for people in leadership, actually, um, called The Fear Free Organization. Um, it's, it's by, uh, let me think now. Um, Joan Kingsley, I think it is. Yeah, I read that about six months ago. It's a brilliant book for leaders mm. uh, on how to reduce fear in your organization. Um, so, yeah. Excellent. And, wh- and where can people find out more about you, about your your thinking, about your work in, in coaching? 
Uh, yeah, great. If it's I'm on LinkedIn, so it's Mark M A R C Evans um, on on the LinkedIn. There, performance and leadership coach. And my website is www.markevansexecutivecoaching.com. So all very very simple to find. And um, yeah, I'm delighted to do discovery calls with anyone that feels they want to. They're complimentary, so it's uh, it's really an exploratory call as to see whether you're coaching is a fit for you that's very important because you know sometimes it's not it's not really what they need they might need something else so find that out first before you engage with a coach you know do an exploratory uh, call and make sure it's complimentary excellent well many thanks mark for being here with us again today uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to chat with you thanks very much patrick and uh, wish you the very best both professionally and uh, personally and thanks also to our listeners for tuning in again today and uh Keep well and stay safe until next time.